We want you to become an honorary gosling. Join us. You'll get exclusive access to conversations and content that would otherwise get us banned from social media. Plus, you'll get free digital downloads of some of our books and selective writings. And check this out. You'll get to participate in our live monthly Discord chat and more if you join our exclusive Patreon following that we like to call The After Party. It only costs $5 a month, which is basically a cup of coffee, and it helps us make the show better. We love you guys and can't wait to see you there. Become an honorary Goslings at patreon.com forward slash the Goslings and sign up today. Today is December 5th, 2021. Jonathan and I talk about why it sucks to be a self-published author and why you should do it anyway. This is a two-part episode. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. If you like this, uh, if you like this podcast, give us five stars, leave a good review, but most importantly, tell your friends about it. That really is the best way you can help. And without further ado, let's jump into it. Your local writers group is crap. Stop burning off your free time in the presence of introverted do-nothings. Instead, join the Goslings Writers Group live stream and podcast, The Goslings, a digital gang for writers. Writers who actually write stuff, who use typewriters, writers who name their pit bulls Hemingway, writers who write all the people who've ever offended them into their stories, then murder the shit out of them. The Goslings. We don't always act pretentious, but when we do, we wear f***ing ascots. Welcome to the Goslings. Right like a man, he's a typewriter. Take up the broken sword of your father. And strike down the darkness. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Welcome, everyone. I'm Jonathan. I'm Nick. And we are the Goslings. And this is our weekly live stream where we uh, discuss all things writing, publishing, yep. um, esoteric, conspiratorial, Political, Politics. topical, yeah, just, you know, anything that um, that strikes, uh, it trespasses the light of our campfire. Absolutely. You know? it, whatever might be countercultural is welcome yeah. at our fire. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we um, we're going to do a we're going to do a sort of just like a writing uh, publishing episode this week. Uh, we skipped last week mm -hmm. and then uh, the week before. Before that, or two weeks before that, was the Gary Wayne. Gary Wayne, right? yeah, the man. Yeah, why don't you, uh, why don't you fill in everybody on like how we've done post Gary Wayne? Uh, yeah, having Gary Wayne on with us uh, was for the second time. Like pouring, yeah, for the second time, it was like pouring fuel additive, yeah, into your tank. Yeah, uh, it was great. It was like nitro. 
yeah is nitro uh people are really interested in gary wayne and what he has to say mm -hmm. and the subject matter and particularly how it ties into the absolute insanity we're seeing unfold all around us and what that could possibly mean especially if you're a religious person yeah uh if you're a christian if you're kind of keyed into where are we in the whole timeline of things uh gary wayne can really bring some amazing insights and he did yeah. he brought some amazing insights and a lot of people really got we're going to try to have more of that type of thing yeah um and try to of course have gary back too he's working on yeah. another book yeah he's yeah. an author therefore he qualifies yeah to be on the live stream for anybody who uh maybe uh, is a first timer listening to this or if you're just not familiar with what we're talking about gary wayne wrote a book called the genesis 6 conspiracy mm -hmm. and um it takes everything that you've ever heard of regarding pretty much any uh conspiracy within christendom from mm -hmm. uh the templars the masons to leviathan lilith the nephilim, nephilim. Yep. uh primarily the nephilim kind of hinges on the yep. suppression of that information mm -hmm. and uh the masonic orders the templars uh the uh fallen angels the forbidden gnostic knowledge yeah all of that Enoch. Uh, arcane esoterica fairies yeah i mean stonehenge like all sorts mm -hmm. of just you know weird things that you know you either think you know about or you've heard in passing or and a lot of stuff you've never heard of weaves it into this like multi-dimensional tapestry yeah it's all connected he connects yeah. everything seamlessly it's, it's one amazing. of the densest his book is like one of the only ones up there that doesn't have dust on it <laughs> right yeah both copies yeah. that i have like, <laughs> yeah very yeah. very few books uh achieve that honor no yeah no kidding and I mean, it's just it's like 800 pages of just chronologies and bloodlines of feeling stupid is <laughs> what it is 800 <laughs> yeah. pages of feeling like an idiot because you think you know until right. you read gary wayne you're like oh I, crap, I didn't think about that yeah. so yeah if you uh if you've never um if you've never checked him out or if you've never heard from or heard of him before the genesis 6 conspiracy.com is the website mm -hmm. uh, you can find his book the genesis 6 conspiracy on amazon uh pretty much anywhere mm -hmm. and uh he's he's legit man he worked on that book for 30 years and it shows yeah I mean, yeah oh uh, he's legit oh yeah. he's legit but yeah. he won't he won't uh he he lets us do the toast mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. uh it, and i don't think he i don't think he drinks yeah i don't think so either. Uh, he's pretty straight late he's yeah well pretty you can't write a book like that and not be sober <laughs> you right, have to be yeah. sober for yeah. sure yeah, Bukowski uh, isn't writing that book. No, <laughs> no, no. Oh man! Uh, but this is uh, we are drinking actually mm -hmm. today. Uh, this is called Wheeler's Raid. Oh, nice! After General Wheeler. Yeah. Yes, and this is a straight Sorry. rye whiskey distilled in Indiana. Tell people about General Wheeler. Well, all I know is that in 1863, General Wheeler made a raid on. Uh, I think it was. I can't remember which which general's army was. Anyway, they, they there was the surprise attack. They chased off the adversary who left behind this wagon train of supplies. And yeah. in this wagon train was all of this whiskey. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, that's you know what? That's what you want. And I, yeah, you know, if yeah. you want to find out how to keep the troops happy, two things. Yeah. Shoes and that's and whiskey. the side of the war did turn. <laughs> yes, so good go. for them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you know what's funny about the the Gary Wayne interview though is uh, it, it kind of, in the words of uh, one of my friends at work, it made us go Gosling's viral, you know? Yeah, Gosling's viral. Yeah, which is Gosling's is the heavy quantifier that yeah. is needed. And when we say here. viral, we mean on YouTube. 
<laughs> yeah. We're not talking yeah. pandemics. No, no. But but that's the irony of it is that, um, uh, you know, we crested 100 subscribers. Yeah. So now we have our own URL. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. Just YouTube.com slash The Goslings. Yeah. YouTube.com. People can find us now. Forward slash The Goslings with two S's. Do you know how hard it was for me to find my own channel (laughs) (laughs) up until this week? If you want an exercise, (laughs) yeah. If you want an exercise in frustration, like create a Teespring page and then try to find it. Yeah. (laughs) Try to get to it. Yeah. Yeah. It. it, You want to like some of these websites? Highly successful websites have the most bass backwards yeah. UIs. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's hilarious. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, thanks to that Gary Wayne interview. Um, there were some people who posted it on uh, different forums or, or web pages or whatever, and it kind of got the word out and we crested a hundred subscribers. Yeah. So YouTube allows us to have our own URL now, which, which is great. Uh, it's killer. We're big yeah. time. We're big time now, baby. Thanks for hanging with us. And uh, that's right. And then uh, that live stream alone, like the entire live stream uh, has crested 500 and 50 570 views that like that, that one like, episode that one episode yeah that yeah. one episode did which is i mean that's you know i mean it's a feather in our cap but it was yeah. an unexpected one yeah because we had already interviewed gary wayne once before and we had uh interviewed uh, like we'd interviewed pressfield twice steven pressfield yes yeah, even pressfield's awesome you know and uh yeah yeah pressfield's amazing um and then you know natasha rawls and yeah, she's Richard great Holt, too. Uh, you know i mean mm-hmm. we've interviewed like you know some decent mm-hmm. people gary wayne is like Gary Wayne's big in those circles. If you travel in those circles, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so it's just, you never know where it's going to come from. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're really blessed and really happy to have our, our modest like boost and, you know, mm-hmm. viewership that we've had. And yet it was also the one. So like Nick does, Nick does pretty much like all the work for this live stream. Um, I just, come yeah. in like nick nolte and stumble in and just like you know where am i supposed to stand and what's my line you know what's that intern's name you just come in like alec baldwin and yeah point, point and the gun just, yeah i just wave the gun at you know whatever you know yeah whatever cinematographer has pissed me off that day um that's terrible um but um uh so nick does all the work for the live stream and uh he chops everything up he edits it all mm-hmm. he's very good at it he writes down timestamps. it's it's a lot of effort that goes into it and it shows like thank you uh, it really does i appreciate I, that a friend at work told me that like we we look like we're obviously not a mid-grade you know youtube channel mm-hmm. like based off of like viewership and subscribers and everything yeah yeah but we look like it that's cool yeah we look that's high praise huh yeah all right yeah i mean we we really you we'll know get there and that's thanks to nick like we really do look like well it's all about appearances it, yeah i mean <laughs> talk about like fake it till you make it like we're you know we're christians so it's all about appearances. yeah it's like, right yeah <laughs> it's all about looking good on sunday mm-hmm. and then <laughs> spending the rest of the week just Slide <laughs> but the big um, crescendo of backsliding on Saturday. Evening. Yeah, Saturday night is like the big, you know, <laughs> all the you know, the the choir of demons comes out to sing our sing our dirges. Um but if you're alive on Sunday morning, it'll be okay. Yeah, if you make it to Sunday morning, go with it. You know, come on. I mean, that's what the Catholics do, you know. Um <laughs> no, but uh but the Gary Wayne interview 
was great. Nick does a lot of effort, puts a lot of effort into chopping these uh, these live streams up uh, into more manageable YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll take he'll take the live stream down. He'll chop it up into a bunch of different segments yeah. and then post it, you know, according to the timestamps, different topics. Um, and the one that you know, like this is the first time we've ever actually covered a topic that got us a strike on our oh channel. we got struck so like with we one, got slapped in the, the face. lord giveth and the lord taketh away right the gary giveth and the gary taketh away <laughs> it was a net win <laughs> yeah like we were we were we got struck which means we couldn't post anything or to, and we actually went live week before last yeah but it didn't get it didn't get posted to youtube we put it on rumble yeah, uh, but it didn't uh, go go live to YouTube because we were under that strike. Yeah, and we couldn't we couldn't so we couldn't go live. We couldn't post anything. We couldn't do anything. Yeah, for like a, a a full week. And if it happens again, they'll do the same thing to us for a month, and then a third you know third time mm-hmm. they'll probably just shut our channel down. Uh, but but what we got struck for is mm-hmm. also what brought us you know is the interview with Gary Wayne a segment of that interview is what yeah uh you know a lot of people kind of like oh shoot I gotta watch this mm-hmm. yeah you know? so yeah it uh it was a blessing and a curse net win oh yeah definitely yeah, a, sure. more of a blessing than anything else and yeah. uh you know we were just trying to we're just trying to find the truth that's all yeah yeah and well. uh we wanted his perspective and he gave it and uh the dark powers that be the mm-hmm. beast system didn't like his answer nope and that's the bottom line but Rumble, I will have you know, does not care. As a matter of fact, yeah. Rumble just went public. Did you hear that? I did, yeah. Dude, they're going right. public. Yeah. Which means you're going to have all these people making investments in Rumble stock. Yeah. And that, which means the company's going to have all of these resources to really improve the platform. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be, you a think it's going to improve it. I do. Yeah. yeah. They're going to have all that, all that money will well, be able to build out capital to help build a better UI, help better yep. algorithms, for yep. searches. better features, better features Yeah, for, for content creators too. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. I well, think serious. It can't really, I mean, it can always get worse, but it can't really get, <laughs> you know, like there's a part of it where you're just right like, now. It's a parking lot. It's just yeah. a parking lot for stuff you can't park in YouTube's garage. Yeah, it's like the swap meet that goes on yeah. outside of the gun show. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's sort of That's like a great analogy. Yeah, actually. it's it's sort of like you know, or or all the all the knockoff crap that you can't sell at the Star Wars convention. Yeah, you take it to the parking lot. You know. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, but it, it's you know it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a contender. In I think it's gonna it's entering the major leagues. You know, it might be, you know, the Kansas City Royals of the major leagues <laughs> or whatever team you think is the suckiest out mm-hmm. there. Uh, but uh, I think they're entering the big leagues now. Yeah. You know, uh, which is great. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm optimistic about it. I think it's going to be a good move overall. I think the, those features are going to help us and a lot of people who are just trying to like, hey, try to get a following, try to get some stuff out there and not have to worry about being censored or shut down. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the biggest net that you can get out of it is just you know we we really do like many other youtube channels um we labor under the yoke of censorship um and trying to find and trying to ride mm-hmm. that very thin precarious mm-hmm. knife edge mm-hmm. of you know speaking the truth but also at the same time like not just not getting ourselves you know mm-hmm thrown in in the gulag you know <laughs> right <laughs> so, like tossed into the bastille yeah you know? and what's uh, you know what's 
All of our guests have been absolutely amazing. I love every yeah. one of them. Gary Wayne is the he's a gentleman. He is the nicest he man really is. of yeah. all of them. And yeah, it just irks me that it was something he said. Right. That they were like, mm, nope, you're. Mm. Well, that shows you the potency of Gary Wayne. You know? Yeah. I mean, if anything, like, you know, you you kind of you can gauge the truth by how much it angers uh, the immoral. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. you can you can gauge how truthful you are by how much it just pisses off, you know, disreputable people or mm -hmm. organizations or mm -hmm. You know, do you think I don't know how it works with YouTube? Is it something that they just have set up to monitor for a keyword? Yeah. Like that's all automated. Uh, probably. Think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's always the, you know, the reporting aspect, you know, mm -hmm. the uh, the Orwellian snitch on your neighbor. Thing. Yeah, maybe someone did. but It's always possible. <laughs> probably not in our case. Um, but uh, no. the people who, you know, we're still in that nascent stage where anybody who's bothering to watch or listen to us is genuinely interested in the material mm, or yeah. they know us, you know. Yeah, 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 probably. We, we're not at that level yet where we have, you know, trolls and haters who, you know, tune in just to, you know, just to get their rocks off on how much they despise us. Mm. Uh, at, at least that'll come, though. That'll, I, I'm looking forward to that. You <laughs> You're know? like, really? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I get yeah. bored some days. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> bring it, bring it on. Bring it on. But, um, no, we don't, we don't block comments, <laughs> at least initial ones. Yeah, not initially. Not until I find out who you are. <laughs> you know, you can make a comment and join the chat, but if you start getting ugly, I'll probably just be like, mm, nah, you're out of here. We have had to do that a couple times. There have, you know, yeah. we do try to keep it like PG 13. Mm -hmm. And there have been a couple times where people have kind of, you know, gotten a little, you know, a little too risque for the family. We're not like a family thing, but we try to be family friendly. We don't want you to have to like not be able to listen to this with your kids in yeah, the yeah. car or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there have been a couple times where we have had to actually like kind of, you know, it's very rare, but yeah. sometimes you do have to put the kibosh on people. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But that's what happens when you deal with the public. Um, I tell you, it probably is an algorithm thing, uh, an algorithm monitor, because um, uh, another my, one of my favorite YouTube channels, probably Alexandra, uh, goes to great lengths to self-censor if you've noticed uh, a lot of her videos um she she either uses code words or um mutes herself mm -hmm. when saying certain words or uh or deflects with some sort of uh you know a, a visual aid so that you know what she's talking about when even though she's not actually mm -hmm. saying mm -hmm. the thing mm -hmm. so and we don't have a code language yet for all the naughty words right and unmentionables yeah yep yeah so uh, i think there is an algorithm in play we'll do that I over see... nachos yeah that's right yeah yeah i, I think uh, there's uh, there's an algorithm in play that monitors just audio mm -hmm. audio input you yeah. know and uh now in you know probably alexandra's case you know her channel is big enough to where she she for sure does have haters and trolls yeah but it applies universally i mean we've we've seen it so. You know, and I uh, I posted, uh, you know, we got struck by uh, YouTube and I posted it to Facebook. I yeah. said, this video was banned from YouTube. I can't mm -hmm. believe it. And uh, I had a family member or extended family member on my wife's side uh, tell me that, uh, you know, I, I the post said you need to watch it before Facebook takes it down, too. Mm -hmm. And this person said, 
Uh, I think Facebook has bigger fish to fry, dear heart. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. You're supposed to be on my team. You're like, you're you're my family. You're, you're supposed uh -huh. to be on my family. And uh, which is funny because, now first I of all, well, first of all, she's right. Facebook does have bigger fish to fry. But even more so, YouTube has bigger fish to fry. <laughs> right. And they struck our channel down. Yeah, yeah. You know. So I mean, even trolls exist. All I'm saying is trolls exist yeah. in your circle of friends. They exist mm -hmm. in your family. You know, haters are going to hate. That's the bottom yeah. line. And you just tune them out. Move I on. like moments like that because it reveals to me what a what a sniveling, backbiting worm you are. Mm. You know, like if you if you say that to me, it's like that is such a that is such a backhanded comment yeah, it's such a low blow it's like why do you even make it yeah it, the only thing you're trying to do is like you feel low and all you're trying to do is make sure that the other person feels low and they're yeah. trying to do something you're trying to remind me that i'm nothing that's all so it is that, the, right that's, that's all that's it the is only oh yeah. and you're so high and mighty like you're such a yeah. obviously that chick is a fan of facebook yeah, and, clearly, you know, and loves yeah. trolling. Yeah, so can't even resist doing it to her, you know, her own uh, extended family. It's a shame yeah. and it's sad, really. Uh, so it's okay. I'll find you. <laughs> I'll give you her address. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. I got, I got. I'll you know what? You soon. I've got better fish, bigger fish yeah. to fry. Yeah, well, than to spend my time worrying about yeah. people like that. Yeah, that is a that is something that actually does like really protect uh, people don't you know a lot of people in humanity who don't appreciate not just the restraint you know that keeps them safe and protected from the justice that they deserve but also like the fact that like maybe i'm just too tired you know, like maybe do. Well, I will tell you that maybe you deserve to have something bad happen to you. But honestly, I'd rather just sleep. Yeah. <laughs> just, just take a nap. Yeah. You know? uh, it, it's more gratifying to me. Uh, but, you know, the thing about social media is that it allows the id to speak. Oh, yeah. From from a position of safety. Mm hmm. Uh, whereas someone would never say that to someone's face, right? You know, and that's what's that is what is truly ugly about social media. Yeah. I think more than anything else, yeah. That and the constant, um, you're constantly being forced to compare yourself with, you know, other people. You're constantly comparing yourself to. There's other a people. real keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, I mean, you get on yeah, social media. Yeah, it's really depressing. Like you get on, well, YouTube, for example, mm -hmm. and uh, we have this channel. We have like now we have. 100 subscribers <laughs> and you get up there and you like when i go to my like main youtube page and i start scrolling and it's recommending videos that i think i like mm -hmm. 35 billion views mm -hmm. 100 thousand views 350 <laughs> you know and then all of a sudden they show my video in the feed yeah. like 12 views 12 views <laughs> and, and they're just like Eesh. you know like you're being forced to compare yourself like and it's uh -huh. depressing and, yeah. uh, you know, that's why Instagram is bad for young girls. It's, it's mm -hmm. really, really bad for young girls. And yeah. uh, Facebook is bad because it's constant posts are constantly being promoted based on your based on demographics. Yeah. So they're identifying you and putting something in front of your face. that They think you want to see. Mm -hmm. And it's basically the best, most perfect version of something mm -hmm. related to you in your life. Yeah. And you start comparing yourself to that. And yeah. it's just depressing. 
Yeah, most I hate of, Facebook. With most passion. of social media really is just like all of the sickest parts of humanity. It is. Oh, just absolutely, on, it is. Just put on display. It's disgusting. You know? It's like, disgusting. Just everything. And that this is also why self-publishing, self-publishing absolutely uh-huh. sucks because you're in a position where you have to use social media to some degree. Oh, you do. Yeah. You know. You either do or you pay somebody to do it for you. Yeah. You know. And when you're starting and out expensive. like us. Exactly. Yeah. I don't have that kind of money yet. No, no. I, I tried. I tried to get somebody to do it for me, but it just, it was going to be way too expensive. Yeah. Like not just a, oh, it's a lost lead kind of deal. Like, mm-hmm. no, I can't afford it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's expensive. Not with, yeah. Not yeah marketing companies charge loan, big money. You know, right. And that's why marketing companies exist, you know. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it's uh, that's that is the topic for this week is, uh, yeah. you know, the uh, the why self-publishing sucks. Absolutely sucks. But you should do it. anyway. You should. And let's talk about <laughs> why, because I think this would be I think that this episode is not really geared towards people who've already written books. Mm, I yeah. think this is geared. Well, some some of the topics might be a little bit, but be. this is really more for someone who you know, has always thought about doing it, but they're too intimidated by the process of writing and getting a book published. Mm -hmm. They think of the traditional path. That's all they know. Um, I think self-publishing is an answer to someone who needs a direct path to getting their story in some sort of product form Mm -hmm. where they can buy it, buy it and order it. Yeah. And self-publishing allows you to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's not as scary as you might be thinking. If you've wanted to write something and publish it, you can self-publish and it's not as difficult and scary as you think. Yeah. It it's very, very doable. Um and it's come a long way even in the past couple of years. Well, well, yeah. In the past five years, it's come it's come a but very think about long it, way. like think about where it was when you got started with um Mobius. Is that right? Uh the different programs. There were like two or three different programs that you needed to run your manuscript through mm. in order to at least to get the ebook version. You know, before oh Kindle yeah, create. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't even remember the name of it, I, but I, I can't. Even, I haven't used it. Since but it was Kindle the most came, like came along. It, it was a nightmare. It was the most counterintuitive. I, I did mm-hmm. it for Empyrean Falling for the ebook for Empyrean Falling before Kindle Create came yeah. along. Amazon's Kindle Create program, and I just oh gosh, it was it, awful. It really was. You you had to like you had I think one of two formats that you could publish in self-publish at least for the ebook mm-hmm. and then you had to like run it through uh scrivener was one right scrivener yeah scrivener scrivener was one and then there was another one and then uh and then you had to run it through that and that gave you like the the packet the digital packet that the other program could read and translate and then translate into like the amazon yeah friendly the kindle friendly yeah e- and it just, it, it, I don't, honestly, I don't know how I accomplished it the first yeah. time because I'm so not that guy. It was, it was really challenging uh, because, yeah, you had to have one platform to get an ebook ready to, yeah. to, to throw up an ebook into Amazon's platform. And then for a paperback version, mm-hmm. you had to have a different platform and uh, you are, are different formatting. Yeah. And, you know, I went with like a, just a Word doc convert it to a PDF and uploaded that for my first book. Yeah. Then Kindle create came along and I did, which you just enter your manuscript and it 
you tell it whether you want an ebook file or a paperback file. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy. Yeah. It's so easy. And it's only getting easier. That's yeah. the other thing. Yeah. Like it's getting better. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Amazon, Amazon really makes it. You know, I was really surprised in our Stephen Pressfield interview because we asked him a similar question. Mm -hmm. um, if you haven't watched that Stephen Pressfield interview or listened to it, that's a really good one. I go back. It's probably about a month ago, mm -hmm. like a month and a half ago that we interviewed him. And um, we really, really got some good info from him. And uh, one of the questions that Nick asked him was um, if you were going to if you were a new publisher, what would you do? Would you traditionally publish or would you, you know, self-publish mm -hmm. through Amazon? And his answer uh, was a little surprising to me. He said pretty much, you know, which makes sense. He said, I would attempt traditional publishing first. And then if not, I would dive headlong into, you mm -hmm. know, Amazon's into the self-publishing world. And, uh, and that actually was a little surprising to me. I was very me, surprised. Simply because, like, Pressfield, um, Steve is a guy who really understands the merit of the traditional publishing process, despite its many pitfalls, mm -hmm. you know, despite mm -hmm. its its many sins. Yeah. You know, there is a process, a humbling process. Primarily, the virtue that you gain from it is humility. Uh, the humbling process of the traditional publishing route is kind of intrinsic. At least it seems that way to me. I, I could be wrong. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it seems intrinsic to Pressfield's brand, mm -hmm. uh, sort of, you know, because mm -hmm. he's got he has so many great uh, books about it. Um, you know, the uh, the war of art, um, going pro, mm -hmm. do the work. Mm -hmm. I mean, just the list goes on and on. Um but to hear him actually kind of vouch for self-publishing, yeah, it's like ah, it's not just yeah. I mean, he was open. He was like, if he was starting writing open. right now, if he started his career right now, he was very open to the idea of self-publishing, mm -hmm. um, and uh, that was encouraging. Oh, that, was cool. that was very yeah. very encouraging. Yeah, you know, and two, you, you might not care about traditional publishing. You might just want to see your work in printed form. Yeah. where someone can like order it yeah you know yeah. you might not have lofty aspirations of being a world recognized right. novelist yeah. uh you might just want to be able to write a book and you know put it on amazon and let people buy it or your friends and family can go and buy it and they print it on demand and send it to them mm -hmm. you know you can have that you can have the world famous novelist you can have anything in between mm -hmm. if you self-publish um the challenge of self-publishing is that i the thing that's for the for the author that's different between self-publishing and traditional publishing. With traditional publishing, the author focuses on the story yeah. and nothing else. <laughs> right. The manuscript. You know, the manuscript. Yeah. It's all about the perfect manuscript. It's submitted and the publisher takes it. They pick out the cover. They pick out the editor. Right. They have to worry about the ad copy and the sales copy and running the ads and the market. Mm -hmm. You know, they they have to do all that. They price the book. Yeah. You know, they're in charge of all that. Yeah. Uh, when you're a self-publisher, that is that takes up at least half of all of your resources, oh, yeah. your time, yep. your energy spent thinking about all those things. You have to figure out what cover is going to work in this market. Mm -hmm. What's my market? What is my is this a right title? What is my sales copy look like what about the blurb on the back of the book mm -hmm. you know you have to do all those things you have to run the ads you yeah. have to build up the follow you have to do everything mm -hmm. beyond just write the story and you have to think about your cover your title your first three pages and 
how what your sales pitch is on your sales page on Amazon, and then you're in charge of what your ads say and where they're placed and how much you're gonna, you know, bid per click and all those things. You have to manage and you know, you, Harper Collins has their own email subscribers. You know, they have their own you know, you know, directory of you know of bookstores that are waiting for their next thing. Mm -hmm. They have thousands and thousands and thousands of people that follow every you know new thing that comes out. You have to build that list on your own when you're a self-published yeah. author. You yeah. know, so you got the email, you got the marketing, you've got everything. Yeah. Throw in social media, which is which will absolutely devour every second of your life you yeah. allow it to, and uh, it's a lot. Yeah. Or, or you can just say, I just want to write a story and upload it to Amazon so people can order the book. Yeah. And leave it at that, and you can totally do that too. Yeah, and there's nothing stopping yeah. you, and there's no. There's no real wrong way to do it, depending on what your what your objective is. Mm -hmm. It's know? all about what you want. What yeah. are you trying to get out of this? Like I have, um, I got an aunt who, um, aunt Debbie, mm -hmm. um, she spends a lot of time with her grandkids, mm -hmm. and her and Ron they travel all over the country, and they take you know the grandkids with them on mm -hmm. their on their adventures, you know, cool. to see like you know the world's you know biggest snot ball or whatever like you know go see some <laughs> i think that's in iowa it probably yeah, yeah to yeah. go see some historical site you know yeah, yeah. Or, uh you know just all these they do all these really cool things they're, they're really fun but uh she wanted to i think it was like a year ago she was asking me about um putting together some sort of a scrapbook mm -hmm. you know and i told her like dude you know because she had she has them <laughs> she's a former teacher so of course she has them write like book reports you know reports on <laughs> yeah. what they do yeah, you yeah. Know, on their vacations those poor children and um <laughs> they're they're sweet kids they're actually really really well adjusted kids kind of like that it's that homeschool they have that homeschool vibe you know and i think that's partly because of like what debbie puts them through <laughs> you know yeah so, i'm very familiar with that vibe i love that yeah vibe. yeah i they, like that vibe yeah they're very you know they're very like you know proto nick in a lot of ways yeah. um but um but she had all this uh, scrapbook material, you know, and uh, and she wanted to put it into some sort of a format. She's like, I don't want to sell it or anything. I just, you know, wanted it to, you know, have some copies to give to me and to, mm -hmm. you know, her daughter and, mm -hmm. you know, their mom and, you know, a few other people. It's like, yeah, Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. The totally. only requirements, I think, is that Amazon, you know, it has to be at least 70 pages. 28 pages. 28. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you it has to be at least 28 pages. Mm -hmm and that's it yeah like, and, and a cover yeah and and like you can even choose one of their covers like it mm -hmm. doesn't even matter you yeah. know um it's uh it's brilliant so you know and that's just that's not a vanity project for her that's some that's not uh something that she's gonna try to publish to you know take over the world with or anything that's just something she wants to do for you know her family members and for you know her grandkids when they get older they can look back on it yep you know and i said you don't even have to like transcribe it. you literally can just scan all the documents or mm. or take pictures of the reports and post it all into a word document transfer it to a pdf yep you know you don't even have to transfer it to a pdf it's recommended mm. but you don't have to um and then you don't even do that you just put it in uh kindle create and it'll you don't yeah, have to have a PDF version. Yeah, it creates a unique file that uh, Amazon's printing platform is going to recognize and mm -hmm. lay out in the right format. And yeah, for paperback. Yeah, and you're good to go. Yeah, and you can do paperback, ebook. You know, it's and it's now awesome. hardcover. And now hardcover. Yeah. yeah. So, man, 
yeah, here we are. We are in the realm of uh, of hardcover, which actually was another one of our topics, uh, book formats. and Yeah, let's go over to that. Versions. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, they uh, Amazon offers paperback and ebook, and then they also would tie in audiobook through Audible. Um, but now, uh, and Nick was on the the backstage, like ground floor of this for about a year before they actually released it. Mm -hmm. But now it's officially unveiled. Amazon now offers hardback mm -hmm. hardcover. Yep. Uh, no dust jackets. Right. 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 No so dust jackets. just kind of like this, mm -hmm. uh, where the image is printed directly onto the hardcover. Um, my question to you is with a hardcover format, are you tempted to do a different version of the books no really no okay no because i'm not tempted to do a different version of the books with the audiobook version yeah and there's no difference in between the books between ebook and paperback yeah um the only thing the only well i i take that back there with the ebook mm -hmm. and the hardcover i think it would be really cool yeah to have a version that has, because my, my book is a, right now it's a, uh, it's an eight book fantasy series. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, Nick um, is the author of the Travelers League, which is this really cool middle grade uh, fiction series written for kids, eight to 12, mm -hmm. it's eight to 12, yep. seven to 12, uh, kind of Harry Potter esque. I always describe it as uh, Harry Potter meets the Boy Scouts. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's it's just it's really cool. It's yep. a fun little adventure fantasy series. Good for the whole family. Mm -hmm. Very creative. Very fun. But and you've been doing that for three years now. Three years. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Three, three years. years. And uh, I think it would be neat to have one hardback title mm -hmm. that had all eight stories in them. Like once oh, I fit, well, I have omnibus. one more. I have at one, maybe maybe two, but certainly at least one last uh story to write in the series and uh maybe two more hold uh, the phone once they're all done one or two more? more one or two more well there has to be a final one uh but there might be a there might be a backstory to book two that i might do which one braxo's escape i might do a backstory oh okay there. okay okay yeah, yeah. Though, that's i might do the backstory to one of the to garapog the the, the black dwarf <laughs> That's so awesome. He's so cool. See, what I love about this is uh, Nick Nick has fallen into that same blissful trap that that all series writers mm -hmm. who are worth their salt fall into, which is like, it's never over. It's never over. It's never done. It's only done when you're dead. However, when you I, I have not allowed it. it to keep me from writing other things. That's true. Nick I has have written, out. I have written, yeah. you know, Henry Half Moon. I've written yeah. Hacker Jack. I finished Easel Bancroft. Did you really? I need to change oh, the ending, nice. but I finished it. Okay. It's, cool. And it's super short. It's like, uh, it's as short as Hacker Jackets. Uh, and I, I'm about a third of the way through a new book. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Called The Last Unicorn Hunter. Oh, that's cool. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. And it's not a part of any of the other worlds. Really? It's a standalone, kind of like Hacker Jack. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, man. I'm really excited about it. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So you um and and Nick's books are fairly short too, like mm -hmm. or at least the Travelers League books are pretty short. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this one this one's you can see its thickness. It's a yeah uh five by eight cover, but it's uh, about thirty three thousand words. Yeah. Was it uh, like a hundred and fifty pages? Yeah. Pages. Yeah. Almost like two hundred pages. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that would make sense for you to do. That would be a good idea. Do a hardcover omnibus. Yes. Edition. The entire anthology. Yeah. You know, yeah. in hardcover. That's only in exciting. hardcover. Yeah. Now here's a hard Christmas part. gift. Yeah. Excellent be a great Christmas, Christmas gift. gift. Yeah. Um, what would you do for the cover? I would pay someone to do a new cover. Whole new cover. Whole new cover. Yeah. For that, I would. Because every cover. Well, you have to with a hardback anyway, or hardcover anyway. You have to use a separate cover, a different cover file, because it's different dimensions. Really? Yeah, because it wraps in, like with a paperback. Yeah. You know, there's nothing on the inside, uh, but okay. with the hardcover, if I may. Yeah. Uh, you can see how it wraps around. It wraps mm -hmm. over the back, and then they cover it with paper. So it's actually this is the actual edge, right here. You can see mm -hmm. the edge of what had to be wrapped, and that's the dimension. Once that's all unfolded, that's the actual hardcover dimension so could you, you take your in. previous cover file and send it to somebody say like my blart who we use mm -hmm. uh and say hey take this image but just reformat it for hardcover and they could maybe extend the margins of it to um, kind of wrap know. around i don't know if they could do that um i don't know yeah i don't know yeah. interesting okay yeah maybe yeah maybe they could extend it yeah i mean i mean you're effectively could. having to pay for a whole new cover anyway yeah you wanted to keep the cover image well the thing is every book has its own unique image yeah everyone in this series you right. know there's the boy on the front of the first book there's a wizard on the front of the second yeah you know, so on and so forth so i think i would want a unique image or logo for the whole series yeah you know, on the hardcover. She do like and then an ebook version of it. What's uh which one has old Duffy on the cover? Oh yeah, the black fox. Oh dude, that's my favorite one. Yeah. With all He's the basically tentacles. like a male version of Ursula. He's like Ursula and Davy Jones. He is, yeah. yeah well yeah, he's together. Davy Jones, certainly. Yeah. It's yeah. it's like my favorite. It's the coolest cover because it's just it's like a tentacle pirate. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's so yeah, awesome. he's a sea god. He's yeah, a sea god. sea god, you know, and it like be cool if you had like that and then at the at the bottom of all the tentacles like all the other covers, you know, or, some, yeah. or all the other images like tie it all in dark yeah. tower somehow, you know, like Stephen yeah. King's dark tower. Yeah, I mean that's uh it's it complicates things, you know, going a hard cover cover, but I mean it, it's worth it. Well, this it's is a special. You it. did a hardcover, and this is a special edition. Well, yeah, that's true. We did, yeah. So through Taurus Necris Publishing, um, we got together, and uh, I wrote. Uh, I took a bunch of old material that had been cut out of the original version or the published version, and then added a little bit of new material. And we did. We came up with like a special edition that's six hundred pages long. I think technically six fifty, but it's fifty percent larger than the than the Amazon version. And we did, we did it in hardcover, and it's really nice. We got like a custom cover that a guy painted for us, younger guy did a really good job. And then um, uh, we got together and did a map on the back. And they actually, I was not expecting them to incorporate the map into the back, but they did, and uh, it looks really good. And he also did so. I have a real bad habit of um, my descriptions or my book blurbs being way too long. Um, and he really actually, um, the guys over at Tars and Eckers did a good job of like editing that down to where it was like, yeah. it's like a third yeah. of the actual <laughs> book blurb. And it yeah. ended up being. I love like, that you had the map exactly. on the back, though. I think it's yeah, so that's cool. a, that's a it's smart a cool idea. Map. Yeah. And it's a nice looking map. And we, you know, we went back and forth on it a lot. But, um, you know, it, Finding the right person for the right job, man. Delegation. Yeah, know? definitely delegation. It's uh, important. It is. If you want, if you want to self-publish a book, and you want to give it a chance to sell on its own, yeah, 
you have to outsource um, creative work beyond yeah. the, beyond writing. The writing should be you. Yeah. Uh, but the other stuff, the cover, the maps. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you have the coin, the formatting. Yeah. You know, um, definitely you want input from people who do that professionally. Yeah. Yeah. You know. It really, you know, one thing that surprised me about uh, what Pressfield said is that uh, he said for a while now, um, even traditional publishing, you have to pretty much come to them with a completed manuscript. Mm -hmm. The days of them giving you an editor who is like your your mentor, your partner or something, mm -hmm. uh, an in-house editor are mm -hmm. kind of like they're over. Yep. It's like you have even in traditional publishing, you have to go out and find your own editor. And uh, wow. that's right. And that's been for me, that's been the biggest struggle. I'll tell you, actually, like Adam is a killer editor who's um, watching now. Yeah. Our narrator from the UK, our good friend Adam, Adam Burrell is Burrell. watching. Hello. Yeah. What's up, Adam? So uh, Adam's our narrator and uh, he's narrated all of the Heavenly Realms books and uh, he narrates all the Travelers League books and um, he does an awesome job. He's English mm. and uh, he's um he's also a really really good editor at least for me because he gets what i need out mm -hmm. of it and he's a fan of the material mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. or at least he plays a really good fan <laughs> of the material no i think he likes it. <laughs> no, i think, I think he, he does it. you yeah. know and he's worth every penny that i pay him yeah. to do that and man i mean we've had some expensive editors who you know didn't like, really give a whole lot yeah, yeah the, the editor yeah. that I was using, you know, I just it just got, you know, I used her too for Imperial at first Ball. it was really it was really great. But as time went on, this editor got a little more lax yeah. over time, started missing more things, didn't yeah. start charging less, but started missing more things. Yeah. And, you know, and there are things even now that I I will read through in one of my books. I'm like, oh, boy, that does not that is not mm -hmm. good. That, right. that needed to be edited. So I need to go back, maybe do some rewriting. I definitely need to find a good a good editor that, you know won't break me financially but um it's tough it is it is for sure and it really depends on what you want out of an editor like you know do you want do you want a content advisor do you want mm. you know a reader uh, a beta reader you know or do you want a copy editor you know and or do you just want a proofreader or proofreader yeah yeah you know and and i tell like adam and i have a good relationship because he is my audio narrator so he's already going to be reading this stuff mm. and i you know like i actually just finished yesterday yesterday or day before yesterday i just finished the sixth the first revision draft of the sixth angel novel the second to last one and sent it over to him uh for him to start editing and um you know in my world because it's fantasy and because things are you know certain things are a certain way I need somebody who's plugged into the text, yeah. you know, and then, but what I really need even more so than that is someone who can find the technical errors more so than telling me, you know, how they think something should be worded. Mm -hmm. You know, like I had that problem with that one ed editor that you and I had where 85% of everything that she quote unquote edited was really just a suggestion, not mm -hmm. a technical error. Mm -hmm. And, and you were looking for the technical stuff. I needed technical. I needed both. Well, you know, it, it takes and some of the things that she recommended were really good. But the thing is, she wasn't plugged into the material the way Adam is. Mm -hmm. So when so because like an editor really does become like your partner in crime. Mm -hmm. And so when Adam comes to me and says, like, you know, hey, 
explain this to me. I don't know why this, you know, this character doesn't really seem like, you know what I mean? When he, mm-hmm. when he gives me like content feedback, mm-hmm. I trust him because he's a fan of the material. So I know he respects it. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets it. So he knows what I'm trying to do. We've been working together for a while and, and he's not, uh, he's not overstepping his bounds. He's like genuinely working towards the betterment of the material, mm-hmm. not what he thinks it should be, but mm-hmm. what, you know, we both think it should be. Yeah. And so it, it just, that's a, uh, that's all part of the, you know, the trial and error that's required as far as the editing process goes. He so. actually offered to maybe give some of my stuff a look over. Oh, sweet. Uh, oh, you and totally take I, it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I may yeah. take. He's worth you every bit that, of the minuscule amount of money I give him. <laughs> it's enormous. Yeah, I need, uh, I need that. I, I need some. I need some feedback. You know, I, I don't pay Adam enough. <laughs> I just. <you laughs> I know. know. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta up the uh, up the ante for what Adam gets. You know, for his <laughs> services. But Adam Burl, yeah, if you. Uh, if he's has he has his own youtube channel um b-u-r-r-e-l-l adam burl and um it's uh he's done some really awesome stuff with uh with the heavenly realm series and the travelers league he's done some previews for him where he adds music yeah and his link him. is i mean it's in the description of this video too yeah yeah check so, out the description of it's the in video the link so it's and, in the description of all of our videos yeah yeah and um so yeah he's awesome his wife is awesome she yep. makes resin products yeah uh we got some cool bookmarks and we got uh, coasters yeah, we we've got, got coasters. bookmarks that she's made these are yeah. great yeah it's awesome she's a uh, uh, resin underscore or resin by underscore dreamer on instagram i think we have her link in there as well mm-hmm. and uh it's turned into like I, just like i thought man like it's like dude you know in six months like you know you'll be doing you know you'll be doing more than we are yeah you know well, and i hope so yeah and i hope so yeah it's killer definitely so but yeah, yeah, that's uh, I mean, that's one of the many, many um, pitfalls and or issues that you have to face in the in the self-publishing world. You can't just, you know, you can be done with it and just finish it and publish it. But, you know, what are you if you're wanting it to be successful, you have to invite other people in, mm-hmm. you know, it, yeah. I mean, that collaborative effort really does. Yeah. You know, you can make your own map um you can make your own cover mm-hmm. you know you can have it be and it's probably fine like that, that's the other thing you can make your own map it's probably going to be good you can make mm-hmm. your own cover mm-hmm. and it's probably going to be good especially if you are a competent artist but like the collaborative effort is where like a lot of the magic really happens mm-hmm. you know like like when i uh when i initially reached out to an artist on Fiverr for the covers for the heavenly realm series. What came out of that was so much cooler than what I had in my head Mm -hmm. for at least like two of the books. Um, And then my blart, I use my blart. Yeah, they're great. Dude, my blart is awesome. M I B L A R T. Um, You know, Adam with his narrations. I mean, Adam does things with the narrations that, uh, that I would never in a million years think to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, like a, a classic example is in Sturm and Drang in the third novel. Uh, there's a, a spoken word poem uh, or, or almost like a spoken word dirge that, uh, that one of the characters gives one of the angels gives before he's cast out of heaven. And in my head, it always, I was thinking about this the other day. It always existed as, um, 
as like yeah. there's a spoken word track on uh, the end of Jesus Freak, the DC Talk album. Mm-hmm. Jesus, Freak, yeah, 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 where yeah. He's yeah, like yeah. real close up on the microphone, and it's like it's just very cool and yeah. just very you know solemn and mm-hmm. you know very easy, you know. And that's kind of how it always existed in my head because I always liked that track, mm-hmm. you know. But then when Adam got a hold of it, he turned it into a song, like an acapella. Oh wow! Like you know Anglican him cool oh, yeah right way above whatever existed in my <laughs> yeah, head for it awesome. to be you know and like so yeah like don't be afraid to be collaborative don't be afraid to let go maintaining an iron grip you know small business owner itis control over everything is the fastest way to burn yourself out and to have lackluster results yeah lackluster results. it's like if you're building your own house it's a do-it-yourself project you might be able to pour a foundation and erect a frame yeah. and do drywall and painting and all that stuff. But you need to pay someone else yes. to do the plumbing. <laughs> you know, right. you need to pay an yeah. electrician. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, there are, you need to pay uh, an, uh, an architect, someone to draw up the plans for you. Yeah. Those are things you trust to people who are professionals have been doing it. They know what they're doing. Right. For, for long-term success. Yeah. You need to get those people involved. Well, that's the other. That's the other thing too. You know, this is part of the entrepreneurial spirit, and I'm not very entrepreneurial. I'm I'm very much like the, you know, the weirdo. You know, but like the entrepreneurial, the way to succeed in that really is delegation and collaboration in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a friend who um, she does uh, commercial development, real estate. And uh, but she also has some houses that she's flipping and Mm -hmm. she has this one house like I was over there yesterday after after my day job, you know, helping her clean up this this place because it's just months behind. It's Mm -hmm. way over budget. Mm -hmm. And because she is in, I just need to get it done. So I'm going to do it myself mode. I had to kind of tell her, like, you are also involved in other projects that are potentially worth you'll make thirty thousand dollars in one month Mm. off of these other projects this one little house flip that you're going to make theoretically eighty thousand dollars on whenever it sells is not worth your time Mm. i mean she's not even going to make that much she's maybe going to make 50 grand when it's done you know and it's like it's not this is not worth your time because you have all of these other major acquisitions deals and projects mm-hmm. that you could be researching and devoting your time to mm-hmm. more important irons in the fire. Yeah. Way more important yeah. irons in the fire. And the same thing is true for a writer, mm-hmm. you know, like what is more important for me to do for me to agonize over a map or learn how to draw so I can have the cover right in my head <laughs> or, you know, or is it more right. important for me to like sit down and write the next book Yeah, yeah, that's the most or to edit, thing. Yeah. you know, yeah. um, uh, uh, Adam makes a, a really good point. Uh, as far as like book formats and story versions, he and I came up with this really cool thing where uh, we do like, I allow, and this, this is again, the beauty of collaboration. You know, I allow Adam the freedom to, to like sort of do something different with the audiobooks. Mm-hmm. So like, like in this last one, um, he, uh, in Wayfarers and in, in the fifth angel book, uh, the, what's in the paperback version is not the same as what's in the audiobook. Oh wow. 
Okay. Adam does something totally like, he doesn't always do something different, but there are like little moments. How interesting. Right. And I got the idea. So one of the one of the coolest writers uh, I ever was exposed to was a guy named Milorad Pavic. He was a Serbo Croatian writer uh, from the 80s, 70s and 80s. He died about 10 years ago. Um, really avant garde, interesting writer who played around with formats. And he had this one book called Dictionary of the Khazars. Mm -hmm. And um, it was really cool for a number of reasons. It was very odd and very unique. Uh, no one else had done anything like it. Um, sort of a, a House of Leaves before House of Leaves, except it was far better than House of Leaves is a very juvenile book, but it's one that everybody knows about. It's in the zeitgeist. Um, but he had this book called Dictionary of the Khazars, and there were two different versions. There was a male and female version. Oh, that's cool. And the covers are the exact same, oh, except on the cool in the neat in and on the spine. Oh, of course, man. nowadays, you know, there'd be like three or seventy-two different versions, but you know, <laughs> but on the on the spine, there were ideas exploding in my head right now. Right. So there were two. The only way to know from looking at the books is on the spine. There were uh, the gemstones were different colors. For the male version, it was a sapphire. Mm. For the female version, it was a ruby. How cool! And then right, and then when you read the book, everything's the same except for seventeen lines in the book somewhere in the book that are that are different and that, that is one subtle. little section is crucial and it changes the meaning of the book interesting it's brilliant wow. millerod pavic dictionary of the Khazars. Wow. he did a bunch of other stuff too he did a, a book called um hero and leander the inner side of the wind mm -hmm. where it was a love story across time uh that was sort of a metaphor for the greek myth of hero and leander hero is a guy leander is um or no hero is the girl leander is uh is her male lover and she's a she's in the temple of aphrodite and he swims across the hellespont every night to go be with her until the gods get mad and they drown him or whatever so he wrote a book that was sort of modeled after that except the girl lived in the 20th century and the guy lived in like the 16th century russia like okay. 16th century like a cossack you know okay. something like that yeah, yeah and so on one side was when you open it up when you open the book up you get hero's story the girl mm -hmm. modern day right so you read it you read it until you get to her, the end of her story which is in the middle of the book and that's where she meets leander mm -hmm. and then they fall in love right and they're together or whatever close the book flip it over open it up now you're reading leander's mm. side of the story cool and so you get to the middle of the book reading his version yeah and same thing that's where he wow. meets leander Wow. And love and, you know, so just interesting stuff like that. So I've always had those ideas in my head. Adam, through our collaboration, has allowed me to live out one of those ideas by, you know, telling him like we actually it came about from a mistake where he caught something that I had done that was like a, a technical error. I had a character in two places at once. Ah, Yeah, he mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. And so but it actually was like a character who is kind of a sneaky like spy, almost like a wizard kind of mm -hmm. assassin type character, like a very mysterious mm -hmm. sort of dude. And so I was like, Adam, why don't you just like why don't you do something special? And why don't we do something special for like all the audiobooks from now on? And you just like do your own thing and, you know, mm -hmm. make it creepy and just change it up in a way to where it only exists in the audiobook. Yeah. And I'll cool. take this out of the paperback. And then so if you want like the full experience, yeah. you can go and get the audio. That's a great too. idea. Yeah. So, great yeah. idea. Collaboration. Collaboration. Let other people. So know. if you are toying with the idea of having alternate versions based on book formats. Yeah. 
make sure you're collaborating with people yeah that yeah involved in those other formats yeah yeah, yeah, do do something different. Invite other people in, you know, whether it's a cover designer giving you a different colored gemstone. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Or a narrator yeah. who's going to do something special for one of your characters, yeah. you know. Yeah. And now, like now, because Adam has the sixth book, which actually turned out way better than it, it actually. The ending is so much cooler than I actually remembered it because yeah. I had written it like 15 years ago. Yeah, cool. So I've like totally forgotten about like some of the stuff in the ending. I like really, really looking forward to what Adam does with it. Nice. Because I'm real. I'll tell you one thing, too, that that makes a big difference for the audiobook. Um, you don't have to worry about page count or page numbers or, or word count or anything like that. In for me, in my paperbacks, because of how OCD I am, everything has to be like a certain rounded off number. Mm -hmm. And I will massage and labor over everything until it is. Mm -hmm. So like. I'm not going to keep adding chapters, you know, I'm not going to have like one vestigial chapter at the top of a page or something, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, I'll keep it all. And sometimes that really stalls the production, making it this one particular way to appease this, this probably stupid part of my brain, but <laughs> you know, um, but with the audiobook, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So you can yeah. just like, I mean, like theoretically, you know, Adam could just like ramble for like 10 minutes about something. And if it's cool, it's cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, Cares, well, it would know. be, you know, it would yeah. be with Adam. Yeah. It would be pretty cool. I'm, so I'm really excited to see what he does with, uh, with uh, Primus Illuminati. So this is kind of a good sub uh, transition into our next topic. A segue. Subplots yeah. and revisions. Yeah. So have you ever, in the process of writing or revising or rewriting, have you ever decided... I need to add a subplot to flesh this story out more, or I need to remove plot elements to streamline this story. Mm. Have you ever had to make any dramatic changes like that in order to bring the vision to fruition? Well, if you recall, when I was writing book five, I had, I just had to completely start over. But the first three or four oh, chapters, right. the first three or four chapters remained the same. Yeah. But it there was a huge change in plot. There have been, I have hinted at backstories that ended up becoming their own stories, their own books. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and there are subplots. Yeah. Uh, but not a whole lot of them. Yeah. Not a whole lot of subplots. Yeah. Um, there are, in my books, there are usually maybe two i i i kind of go back and forth between two main plots it's usually there's like what the good guys doing and what the bad guys doing right you know yeah and you go Luke back and, and forth right and then they yeah. you know cross paths and they have conflict and all those things but they uh -huh. have their own they each have their own backstories and they each have their own plot but it's all still part of the one great event yeah. you know that is that particular story but no i haven't really I haven't seen a need to take out any subplots. That's good. Because I didn't layer a heavily layer multiple subplots into yeah. you know, a, a middle grade fantasy series. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had to feel did you ever feel a need to add any to flesh anything out more with yeah. uh with any sort of subplots or side chapters or yeah. side characters? Yeah, in uh in, in the middle in the um young adult 
paranormal or urban fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I needed, yeah, I needed to come up with some subplot for uh, his, you know, death angel best friend. Oh, oh, that's right. I had to, yeah, kind of weave some of that in there. Yeah, which would have which would make make a great like backstory or a continuation of uh-huh. the current story, but uh, I did have to add a little bit in there. Yeah, just a little bit. How far into the process did you realize that that was needed? At the moment, I decided that this character was actually going to be an angel of death. <laughs> like, uh, so. And I had to go back and change some things. Right. So are we talking like 50 pages in, 100 pages in? Uh, I don't know. In? Yeah, I mean, at, I don't, a third of the way question. into the story. I would say probably maybe a quarter of the way into the story. That's not too bad. Friends come along during that part of the story. You know, you're in that, you're in act one. Yeah. Best friend comes along. You're still and in then that as I'm writing the best phase. friend, I'm like, and I had the whole thing plotted out. I'm like, and I had a death angel in the plot. Oh yeah. In the story structure. Really? I'm like, but it'd be so much cooler if this guy who's his, his one and only friend yeah. ends up being the death angel. But I had to kind of <laughs> fill that in that, that subplot in a little bit. Yeah. So I did go back just a little bit to tweak some things to make you start to wonder and then reveal it later on. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Fritz is the death angel. <laughs> uh, and he's yeah. hilarious. It's one of the best additions to the story, too. I think so. It's I, I kind of honestly, it's kind of my favorite part of Henry Half. Really? I think so. Like, it's well, first, I mean, maybe part of that is just like being on the back end and you know behind the scenes with Nick, watching Nick go through that process, you know, and talking about it. Um, you know, watching his excitement is kind of infectious, you know. But like, it, it's just a cool it's a cool part of the story that you don't really expect. Mm, you know, you, you kind of expect, you know, you expect the professor, you know, uh, to, you know, to be, you know, super knowledgeable of, of all these occult things and kind of your Obi-Wan Kenobi through this world. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of expect that, you know, the bad guys are bad and the, you know, and, and the kid has got like some pretty tough stuff ahead of him, but you don't really, you don't really expect like, the R2 character to be, you know, the Han Solo character in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it just, yeah. It, it's a cool, yeah, I appreciate that, it, but it's, and it's not subversive and it doesn't feel shoehorned. You know, it, it just, uh, it feels organic, but thankfully you came to that realization like a quarter of the way in. So you were able to kind of go back. I knew where I wanted to go with it. Yeah. At that point, have you ever gotten, have you ever gotten too deep into uh, a story or a project and wish that you had done it a different way and been That's unable to question. Oh man. Um, yes, for sure. But I mean, too deep into a story, into one of, you know, a middle grade, a yeah. short story isn't deep into anything. <laughs> you know, it's easy yeah. to go back and rewrite and change or even write the whole thing over again. Uh, but yeah, I've done that. I mean, certainly with, you know, book five, I got two thirds of the way through the story. Oh wow! And just felt stuck, and I didn't like where it was going. I went back, and you know, as you know, rewrote the whole thing. That's tough, man. You know? It takes a it takes some guts to do that because it's like if you've ever written anything substantial, like man, after after eighty or a hundred pages, that's a real investment. Yeah, and it, it really is like just lighting money on fire. Yeah, you know, it, it really it feels, feels like. Yeah, it feels like a real loss of your investment because it is. I mean, even if the material sucks, 
That's... Every one of those mornings sitting in Starbucks at 5 a.m. Right. You know, every one of those mornings for nothing. Yeah. For yeah. no reason. All like that it. sleep I could have had, <laughs> you know. <laughs> All the time I could have been yeah. spent doing anything else. Anything else. You know, yeah. I mean, that, that really is kind of the the shame of it. That's and that's one reason I've always had such a hard time doing it. Yeah. I almost don't really do rewrites because it's just – I almost just like am one and done kind of deal. Because, yeah. But part of it is my own weakness that like it's it's just – too bitter of a tonic to, yeah. to drink, you know, to go back and do a torch and burn up yeah. on, on your whole project and start over from scratch. I've done it. I did it with Empyrean falling and it, it was, it needed to be done. You know, it was the only way to get that series off the ground mm -hmm. was to blow the rocket up and start over, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. But <clears throat> you know, I, I don't, you always say like you don't know if you could do that again. You can, you know, you can always do it again if you have to. But God help you if you do, and yeah. <laughs> hopefully you don't, you know, because <laughs> it just. But that's tough, man. I mean, and that's a, that actually speaks a lot to Nick's discipline, you know, and his maturity level as a as a writer, and maybe that's part of the reason. as a new writer. Oh well, yeah, but but well, and yeah, maybe that sort of segues into what I was going to mention is you know, you talk a lot about like you know, why, why did I start this in my forties? Yeah. Know? Is there a reason why maybe, there maybe, is. You know, maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons why maybe, maybe if you had started this in your twenties or thirties, you wouldn't have had the maturity level to be like, you know what? I'm two thirds of the way into this book and this is wrong and I need to go back and I need to start over. It was hard. You maybe would have kept plowing through and had some sort of an abomination on your hands. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Well, you know, and I felt like that when I finished uh, Easel Bancroft. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it, 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 I have to go back and rewrite the ending really? of it because the way it ends, it doesn't it's it, it, it's almost like I had this idea in my head of what I wanted this story to be. And when I wrote the ending, I thought. This isn't going to this has no value. Really? As a as a story. Like I'm not teaching, I'm not trying to tell anybody a story that ends in any meaningful way. Oh yeah. You know, uh, there was no resolution for the shortcomings of the, you know, of the main character, and I'm like, that, I gotta, I gotta change this, yeah. and I'm in the middle of that right now, really? trying to rewrite that. Yeah. You know, and it's frustrating. It's a short story. It's no big deal, but it, you know, I. It was a it was a fun distraction that didn't end the way I was. It ended it off would. kilter. It really did. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's, it's and I would never publish it. I don't. I, I don't. I do not see myself publishing this book. But I think it's a, a fun short story. Yeah. With it, with the right ending, it's a great short story. Yeah. You yeah. think it's publishable with the right ending? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. You know, for I mean, I wouldn't. I'd charge maybe like three bucks for it. Yeah. In, is it in, like in a, print? Is it like a novella? It's shorter than a novella. It's shorter a short story. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? In a lot of ways, short stories can be the hardest things to produce because you are kind of under a cap, you know, a, a word count cap, a yeah. page cap. And so that determines your pace, you know, and that de and your pace determines your level of detail. Mm -hmm. I might submit and it to like some competition, short story competition. That's a good idea. You know? But you know what? Even doing something where you redo the ending, even if it's the third act, 
you know, as daunting or laborious or draining as that might be, it's also revitalizing because you know, you're, you're where you're supposed to be doing the thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're working where you're, there's nothing worse than working in a place where you're not supposed to be, you know, as Mm -hmm. a man, Mm right. It just, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like you're just working on a job that you know is a waste of your time and energy. Yeah. Not because it's bad necessarily, but just, it's not where you're supposed to be. Yeah. You know? So, Uh, let's see. What does Adam say? Adam says, uh, I have done the same with narration. Got several chapters in and gone. Nope. Nope. Don't like how I'm doing this and start again. Yeah. Adam. Oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. With Adam's case, it's hearing his own voice. Yeah. And with me, it's like reading my own thoughts. Yeah. Uh, But now we're in this, I'm in this great phase where I'm reading my own thoughts and I hear Adam's voice reading my thoughts. <laughs> I know. It's so great. Yeah. Adam has. Which is why. Adam has burrowed into our head. Yeah. You know? Oh, which is why, like, this book that I'm just, working on right now, it's not one of the book. Traveler's League books, yeah. but, you know, The Last Unicorn Hunter. Yeah. I can hear him doing some of the voices. That's ah, cool. Yeah. 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 It'll be, it'll be fun to get his thoughts on it. I know. You know, it's uh, Adam. Um, what uh adam are there any characters or specific like things as far as either the heavenly realms or travelers league that are examples of that where you've realized like oh no i need to go back you know i i'd I'd be interested uh let's see uh adam asked if i've heard his uh uh, rendition of sentinel so adam uh adam is the voice of the travelers leagues uh books three through the end but the first two uh, I had narrated by someone else because I didn't know Adam at the time. Yeah, we didn't have Adam yet. So I have engaged Adam to read the timepiece and Brax's Escape, books one and two. Yeah. And he's going to put those on YouTube, on his YouTube channel. Oh, cool. In his voice. So he oh, has officially yeah. covered the entire Traveler's League series. And uh, I haven't listened, I haven't reviewed all the audio. I haven't, well, I have, I've only reviewed the first two chapters yeah but he does one of the characters that i'm really really excited about it's the minotaur who guards the labyrinth oh it's one of my favorite characters yeah the sentinel yeah the sentinel name. dude and he's and, so awesome uh, yeah adam is really yeah he's hinted at, at his excitement character. of this character yeah i'm really excited yeah, that's it. an adam character if ever there was one. oh for sure for sure <laughs> yeah. i can't wait adam uh, who do you think would win in a fight the sentinel or Mazarel? i'll leave that for you to decide yeah yeah. Um, no, no, he says, uh, Tempest, uh, he went back and redid after listening back to it. Yeah. And Adam, uh, poor Adam, man, he, uh, Didn't he use like a, like a harsh Scottish, uh, no, no or that's, that's Althaziel. He did a Scottish brogue for Althaziel for Tempest. He did this very harsh, uh, rasp, this whispery sort of oh, rasp cool. that I can just hear the pain in mm. Adam's throat whenever he's doing it. <laughs> And so, like, I know that there are, even though Tempest is a pretty quiet character, I know that when we get to the unabridged version of Empyrean Falling, there are more Tempest chapters. Send him some lozenges. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be paying for... Send him a sack his, of Ricolas. Yeah, his... <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, Adam's going to be yeah. Ricola across, across the UK. Yeah. I'm going to have to pay for his ENT appointments. Ugh. Um yeah, it, it's uh, but it pays off. Like, here's a you know, he did that, and um, I don't know what Tempest sounded like originally, but the finished version of Tempest is this very distinctive, very profound voice, 
And um, and it also the interesting thing is, I don't even know if Adam picked up on it or not. But but Tempest, I mean, I'm, I make a bunch of references to it. Tempest is a very like serpentine, snake-like mm-hmm. kind of character. Yeah, he's yeah, just, yeah. You know, he's cold-blooded. He's detached, but he also has a bunch of scars around his mouth, and so that's part of the reason why he wears the face shroud is to you know conceal the scars uh and it almost is like a physiological choice for tempest mm-hmm. for adam to give tempest that uh, mm-hmm. that character's voice you know how we were talking yeah. about old duppy yeah like davy jones yeah yeah uh adam it narrated that book and he said that that character was one which took several attempts to get right as well oh really and uh yeah and uh it, you know you have to know that this is the villain Yes, it has to be deep. It has to be powerful. Yeah, and it has to be sinister mm-hmm. and to put all those things in. Uh, he, 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 I mean, he nailed it. I didn't realize it took him several attempts to do it. That's yeah. that's awesome. Adam's dedicated. And then the he said in the most recent book, the Hoppus Chronicles, the Frump Prince, which is one of the Marsh Trolls. Oh yeah, the Prince who's yeah. actually a good guy. Like in uh-huh. all, the entire series, the Marsh Trolls are bad news. Yeah, they're a bad race of being. Yeah, uh, and. In this book, and it's because they're cursed. Yeah, right. So this book is a backstory yeah. to how they got cursed. Mm-hmm. And before they're cursed, they're not bad. Mm-hmm. And they had a prince, yeah, a ruler that was really, really super kind, but he still was a high position of authority, but he was kind and he's a troll, so he yeah. still had that gruff, you know, and Adam absolutely nailed it. Did he really? So, yeah, it's great. Oh, it's cool. Yeah, man. it's great. Yeah. So it's fun. I love I love writing fantasy for kids. It's so fun, man. It's so it's colorful. So you just get to indulge all those fun things and you get to really like yeah. take the governor off. Yeah. You know, you don't have to worry about like, is this gonna be embarrassing? You know, <laughs> yeah. like yeah, dude, a nine year old's gonna love this. Do I it. know, I know. You know? Well, the book I'm working on right now, uh The Last Unicorn Hunter, it it truly was the 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 brainchild of my daughter. Oh yeah. And then my son uh-huh. started weighing in as well. Oh, cool. And yeah, uh, so yeah, it's a collaborative effort. Oh, yeah, it's the kids, dragons, unicorns. I know that sounds all very cliche, <laughs> but the way we weave that into all these different realms and yeah. how they interact with each other and how it absolutely is counter to what you assume about those tropes. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It's it's not the dragons are not what you expect them to be. The unicorns are not what you expect them to be. Really? Yeah. Well, and the kids neat. get and there's a battle between those between dragons and unicorns like a war yeah you know and uh it's not what you expect and it's like and i'm kind of worried that like it might not sell because no one's gonna buy a book where unicorns are evil (laughs) right you know but they are are a bunch of snooty uppity sort of oh dude i can't i can't wait to tell you about it i can't wait i'll tell you about it over dinner i've actually never like this is nick is really good at like just sitting on things i'm not good at sitting on things i'm like dude i got this new idea let me tell you about it (laughs) And then well, I'll tell you about it every week for well, the next six months. But, you, you know, know, you know, I talk about it with my kids. I told my wife. I told, you know, yeah. other family over Thanksgiving. I'm like, oh, I'm really excited about this book, you know. Like, yeah. you know, so I was telling my mom. And I was telling, cool. you know, Alex. And, you know. Yeah. So it's hard for me. I can't sit on things either. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I wish I could because I normally I normally lose my enthusiasm or excitement about something after I've told someone about it. <laughs> oddly. Right? But yeah. if I just keep it to myself and keep my mouth shut, I yeah. stay excited about it. <laughs> You and the secret fuel. gets the secret that I'm going to drop on people gets bigger, bigger and bigger yeah, and bigger. Builds. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. that's so funny. I need to just keep my mouth shut. Can you imagine, though, like being a kid and listening to like Adam's narration oh, of this stuff awesome. and like being into it? 
you know, and yeah, like it's a cool time to be a kid, man. Very much so. You know, in a Very lot so. in that way, at least like yeah. it's it's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah. He says that Giad took several attempts as well uh, to get the way he wanted it. Yeah. Giad Alfazio, that was the character in Heavenly Realms that he gave the Scottish accent to. Um, and then he talks about Sentinel. He says, I think Sentinel would take <clears throat> would take an early lead. But Matt. Maz, Maz real. Yeah, let, let's, I'm going to pull this up here so we can read it here. Here we go. I think Sentinel would take an early lead, but Masriel would win. An evil compared to someone who is passionate about his purpose. That's a good point. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Masriel is pretty mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the Sentinel has got, yeah, he's got purpose on his side. That's a tough one. They both got horns, too. So, you know, it'd be like. Yeah, the Sentinel is not. He's not evil or good. Yeah, that was a cool thing. He about only him. he exists for his purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's almost like a. <clears throat> he's just a. He's a security system. He's almost like a. You know, like an AI or something. Mm-hmm. He's just there to do a job. And mm-hmm. if you're if you're trying to, you know, if you're trying to do something that he's there to stop, then he's the bad guy, and you're mm-hmm. or you're the bad guy. And you know, if you're mm-hmm. not, then he doesn't care. You know, he doesn't care. Yeah, and he even like tells, a true security guard. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He he is vanquished by the hero in the story. And the hero in the story basically says, I can bring you back to life if you show me what you're guarding. Mm-hmm. And Sentinel says, okay, I'll show you what I'm guarding, and then you bring me back to life, and then I'm going to have to kill you and kick you out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And they yeah. agree. They're like, yeah. all, right, all right, you can try your there. best. You can yeah. try your best. Let's uh-huh. go. Yeah, all right. So they come to this agreement. Yeah, he gets another shot at it. Yeah, yeah. he does. Yeah. And he 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 shows them the secret. Yeah. And then the hero brings Sentinel back to life, and Sentinel does what he's there to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, the hero, of course, escapes. Yeah. But uh, the hero escapes, not holding it against Sentinel for coming after him, because you know yeah. that's just it's just what he's supposed to do. Because right. what if it's not me? What if it's a bad guy that right. shows up and tries? Doesn't to... he later on use the Sentinel? Yes. In a... Yeah, that's right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, he yeah. does. That's a fun book, man. Yeah. That's a, I have time piece. It. It's a fun, fun series. Yep. It's a fun read. Yeah. What? Uh, what did Adam say? Adam's. Well, that's it for this episode, guys. We would love it if you tell your friends about the show. Maybe leave us a good review. And also consider becoming an honorary Gosling. An official exclusive membership to the Gosling gets you exclusive access to interviews and conversations that we can't have on YouTube. Plus, you'll get free digital downloads of some of our books and excerpts and writing. Uh, Also, and check this out, you get to participate in a live monthly Discord chat with us. Uh, We do this once a month now. Um, All this plus more if you join our community on Patreon for just $5 a month. I mean, that's nothing. $5 a month, it's a cup of coffee. So go to patreon.com forward slash the goslings and sign up today. Thanks for listening. Now go forth and strike down the darkness.